Toad. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Kyle Dumpert. So and Chelsea. Uh, yes, yeah, see, look, she is so excited that she introduced herself. I don't even have to do anything. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and drop the mic and just have Chelsea uh, take over for here. But uh, <laughs> So Chelsea actually works in, in one of the offices I go to, and uh, she is the front office. She works with uh, benefit coordinators trying to make, basically, if you don't know what that is, trying to make sure that your insurance pays and gets you the most you can for your insurance. Uh mm. She, I know, I mean, she works with me and she's helped me out a lot. So I don't have to learn insurance or deal with insurance at all. She deals with all the crazies for me. You know what I mean? So Chelsea, <laughs> please just give us a little background about yourself. Introduce yourself. Give us a little background. And the one question that I always tell and ask everybody is why did you choose dentistry? Because we're all crazy, but you, you don't seem to be crazy. So I'm trying to find out what, what happened. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to be the calm person dealing with the people that I deal with. So I, I can't bring my crazy into it because oh. like you said, everybody is 100% crazy. <laughs> um, I, so I was telling you earlier, when I graduated college, I actually wanted to go into nursing. So dentistry was not my path at all. Um, things just kind of didn't work out that way. So I actually ended up moving home close to my parents and I kind of stumbled into this job. Um, I always tell my old manager, I didn't even apply to this job. Like, I think he honestly just like found me on LinkedIn or something and reached out. And then we set up an interview and I didn't have anything else going on. So I was like, why not? Um, but I ended up loving dentistry. So I've stuck with it. So this makes me feel bad, I guess, because I was like, oh, she probably has a love for her. She, she went out. She said, nope, I just stumbled into I, it. I do now. But right. at the time I was looking for like healthcare, not like dental at all. Right. I had no dental background. I was more actually like I've worked in um, like rehab, like physical therapy rehab. I've worked at like a pediatric treatment center for like substance abuse children. So no dental background at all. Well, no, I mean, it you deal with a lot of people, so that's probably the mm -hmm. most important thing. I mean, I don't know about you, Dr. Dumper, but dealing with people, I think, is 90% of what we do. We do therapy. We might even do rehab. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know I have to hear more about their their personal problems than I do about dentistry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they sit down and it's a psychology chair in their mind and they'll they'll just unload whatever's on their mind onto whoever's going to listen to them. And <laughs> unfortunately, that's us. <laughs> always so so did you uh you never had any experience with dealing with insurance or coordinating no. benefits any anything like that before mm -mm, absolutely not no it was, was all that, brand new was that tough learning how dental insurance works the ins and outs and what, what was your training like um honestly no um just pds has so many resources for training so that aspect of it was not hard um, on it, learning the dental verbiage for me was the hardest part. Um, okay. just that's, because that's... you have to learn that so quickly to understand what the doctor is even talking about and then to relay that to a patient. But you also have to kind of be the person that like tells it in like layman terms, not like doctor speak. So you have right. to be able to explain that. That was the biggest challenge for me was learning that. The, the Honestly, as a, a business owner, the I mean, hygienists, they go to school. There's a training program for that. Dental assistants, there's a training program. Dentists, obviously, we go to dental school. But dealing or trying to hire somebody, if I ever have to cross that bridge for front desk work, dealing with insurance, I honestly have no idea what to tell somebody or to uh, train somebody as an independent business owner because 
I don't know half the stuff they're doing up there anyway. Okay, well, so, well, Kyle, that actually brings up a good point. So, okay, so Chelsea, imagine you're hiring somebody for your position. Like, what would that look like, and what what kind of questions would you be asking them, right? Because again, you didn't come into it with a dental background at all, but you've excelled beyond belief. So, like, what kind of questions yeah. would you ask them? Um. That's a really good question that I've never, ever had to think about. I honestly think it's not more about the questions I would have to ask them. They just have to be hungry to learn. Um, they just, you can't really be complacent in your job. You, so I, when I started, I just started as a receptionist. I didn't even start as the benefits card. They just needed someone to answer the phones. Um, so that's easy, right? Um, but then I got bored. So then I was like walking around the office trying to get people to teach me things so I wouldn't be bored all day just on the phone. So I think that's really the biggest thing is you can't just be content with where you're at. You ha- you need to constantly be asking questions and learning everything you can. So I would try and gauge somebody for that sense. If okay. they're hungry to learn, you're going to do okay in this job because everything else is easy as long as you're a relatively smart person. Okay. Now, what's your opinion on dental insurance compared to, say, medical insurance? Well, let me, what let, would you tell people? Kyle, let's be honest. <laughs> we, we, know how, we know what Kyle feels like, right? <laughs> Kyle hates, when, I mean, literally just say insurance and Kyle will go off on you. And he's like the most laid back person I've ever met in my life, but he'll go off on insurance. So, so ignore the, the bias. But yes, how do you feel about insurance? Insurance, I I feel like that's a really hard question because I've seen how much having dental insurance or insurance in general can benefit somebody, but I've also seen insurance completely screw somebody over. Um, how do you tell an elderly woman who needs a full ha- mouth rehab that she has to pay $10,000 for that because her insurance sucks or she has a waiting period or she only has X amount of money, like a maximum on it? Um it's that that's been really, really hard for me to deal with insurance is making that work for people who literally do not have the means to get what they need done done. Um, but I've also been really grateful to work with doctors who are willing to work with them financially and not just say, well, that's not my problem. So deal with it. <laughs> uh, she's probably talking about me. <laughs> she says that passport. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and deal with it. <laughs> you know, yeah, just figure it out, <laughs> right? Uh, but okay, so that actually brings up another question for me: is you know, dentistry is not cheap, right? No. Insurance helps barely, right? But dentistry yeah. is not cheap. Uh, and you know, if someone goes to like the iPhone store, right? And and I think iPhones and phones in general are expensive now, like a thousand dollars. They don't yeah. even blink an eye; they'd pay that completely. Mm-hmm. But then when you say, hey, well, I'm trying to get your, you know, trying to get you to start chewing again, that's when the issues begin. And all of a sudden, they put away their iPhone, they put away their brand new car, and now they they can't afford anything. So mm-hmm. as a as somebody who's, who deals with patients and deals with, like, the finances, how do you try to educate patients enough to understand it and make it a, something that's uh, uh, important to them? Um, That, I feel like, is where you have to work really closely with your doctor because I'm not going to be a salesperson. I shouldn't have to sell you on this treatment. It's what you need. There's an issue. We can fix it. Let's get it done. I'm just going to walk you through your options. Um, so that's where I feel like you have to work really closely with your doctor when they're presenting their case conversation. And they're the ones that are going to have to sell to the patient. I'm just going to walk you through the financials. So you have to be have a really close relationship with them to be able to say, hey, doc, like, 
maybe present it to them this way instead of this way. Um, and that'll make more sense to them. So I just feel like having a good relationship with your doctor is the biggest obstacle when it comes to finances, because when it comes to those people who can't eat, it has to be a priority to them first. It can't, you can't make it be their priority. They have to right. want it first. Right. Now, I, 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 once dental insurance came around and the way dental insurance is marketed to people, it, you, you would think something called insurance would cover you know, once you hit a deductible, it's covered. But unfortunately, dental insurance is more or less a, a discount plan that your employer throws some money at. And mm-hmm. uh, it's I, I, there really needs to be some kind of educational campaign. I, I think the American Dental Association has been being pushed on some kind of educational campaign for the general population for a long time. But I think that's the biggest struggle when I'm talking to patients about their insurance is you, it's not really insurance. It's more or less a, a discount benefits mm-hmm. plan. And once you use up that little bit, it, you basically become a cash patient again. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And insurance is really hard to learn in general. So if for somebody who has no motivation to get to know the ins and outs of their insurance, it's really hard when you're explaining treatment to them and how it works with their insurance. Cause they're like, Oh, well, they say they'll pay 50%, but they don't understand the ins and outs of what they're actually paying for. Um, so that's, that's really difficult and nobody is really going to take the time. Well, I take that back. You have a lot of the older people that do take the time to get to know their, their fee schedules, but a lot of, um, really? yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They'll come in with the books. They'll flip it. They want to know all the codes. Um, oh wow! So that's when it gets through. Yeah, right. Like at least they're taking control of what they're paying for. Some people just throw a bunch of money at it, have no idea how it works. Yeah. Huh. Well, going through this whole COVID thing, uh, were you working the whole time? Yes. So that how, was how was, <laughs> how was that? Um, it was incredibly stressful. Um, mainly because we were getting so much new information every single day. So, or every week, um, the protocol was changing. So when it first kind of started our, op- I don't want to say the office wasn't taking it seriously, but it was like, we hadn't gotten any really information from the CDC, um, or the dental board. So we were still seeing patients normally. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the office is furloughed. And I'm the only person left and I'm having to cancel everybody's appointments and we can only see this kind of patient. So it was really interesting because it was like once you get comfortable with one protocol, the very next day, they're throwing something new at you that you have to learn and you have to implement. Um, so it was really, really stressful. It's still really stressful, honestly. <laughs> okay. Well, so, <laughs> so let's talk about that. The day where like everybody's furloughed, right? Uh, and you're just sitting there. Yeah. What kind of discussions did you have? Like, what were kind of the talks that you had with your doctor and, and, and I mean, just the patients in general? Like, hey, this is what's happening. I mean, were you mm-hmm. as honest as you possibly could be with the patient? Or were you just kind of like, hey, we don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, we have to cancel you. We don't know when we're going to bring you back. How was that, you know, discussion with patients? So at the very beginning, my manager at the time was like, you know, you're the way it was supposed to work when it first started is they were going to furlough everybody and only the managers were going to be running the day to day. And they were just going to keep one front office person on to give that person a break here and that like, um, like work one day out of the week. Um, so that was going to be me. And then it turned into 
oh my God, we have an overwhelming amount of patients that we're having to deal with right now. One person can't handle this. So then I started working every day. Um, I think I had to give up a little of my control, um, talking to the patients and just saying like, I literally do not know what's going on, but we can't see you. Like we're getting new information every single day, but at the end of the day, we have to postpone your appointment. Um, so that was weird to have to deal with because from a business point, you don't ever want, um, that patient thinking that you don't know what you're doing, but we really didn't know what we were doing at the time. So we just kind of had to roll with it. How did the patients handle, uh, that conversation of, Hey, we want to come in to see you and you're telling them, you know, you're, we're not able to bring you in. Were, Were they upset? Were they understanding? So I had, for the most part, people were really understanding. And for the most part, people have still been pretty understanding. But I also had people that were just like, so insanely rude, and not understanding at all about it. Um, I still have people now, like even when you ask them to wear a mask, they like laugh at you, they challenge you on it. Um, so I've seen a lot of rude people come out of this, which has been pretty surprising. Well, before you keep going, <laughs> I, w- I want to say that we're in Texas, and Texas to me is like the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. No one believes anything, you know what I mean? They just feel like their freedom is being jeopardized, and it's not even that, which is, to me, and again, Kyle, you can put your input, but wearing a mask is not really me telling you what to do. It's just saying, hey, protect yourself, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like putting a sunscreen on. Put a sunscreen mm-hmm. on. You may not see that you may, you may not see the rays, uh, you know, causing you to get skin cancer, but that's something that you probably do when you go to a beach. But you know what? You don't fight people and say, how dare you tell me to put sunscreen on? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just, yeah. I still don't, to this day, don't understand that, but go ahead, continue your, your, your story. Yeah. I mean, um, I had like, <laughs> I had this one gentleman probably a month ago. I was explaining our procedure because his daughter had an appointment. I was explaining kind of our procedure, you know, hey, we're going to have you wear a mask when you come to the office. We're going to give you a screening form. We're going to take your temperature. And he just flat out told me to shut the hell up and let him talk about what he was bringing his daughter in for. <laughs> um, I had a one woman. I asked, She came in without a mask on. I asked her um, if she would wear one of our masks. And then I handed her our screening form with a pen on like a little clipboard. And she was like, well... If you're going to ask me to wear a mask, I'll use my own pen and like threw the pen back at me, like from the clipboard. Um, we have like a lot of people who work um, at the schools in the area. So it's really difficult for them to get in for appointments. So they've been understanding for the most part, but they've been a little frustrated with their appointments continuing to be canceled. Um, so it, it's been hard, um, especially now that things are kind of like opening back up. People don't understand oh, well, my appointment was canceled. Why can't you just get me in? They don't realize that we're still kind of working like on a limited capacity. Um, So there's been a lot of frustration from both ends, patient and office. Do you guys think that uh, something I've noticed in this, uh, particularly with Americans, uh, there's a whole self-centered, egocentric uh, mindset to them where everything's all about me and there seems to be a lack of respect for anybody anymore. 
Uh, I I feel like people used to go to a doctor or a lawyer or some professional and there was a a level of respect that was had. But now people will challenge you on everything, Uh, even looking at politics, what doesn't matter what side you're on, but there just seems to be a generalized lack of respect for any kind of authority figure. And I, I feel like people coming into an office, especially a dental medical office where we're we're really there to help that person get to optimal health, get to accomplish whatever their goals are. And there's just this complete lack of respect. And, uh, you know, we need to bend over backwards to, to serve that person. And uh, I, I just it, it makes it difficult at times to deal with the general population. Yes, Kyle, absolutely. I mean, can I just let's pause for a second, because that was a beautiful speech. <laughs> it definitely yes that it was, was that's exactly that, that's right you know it's, it, you, people think that we owe them like we're doing them a favor by you know trying to help them especially when they're the ones that actually brought it upon yourself by not flossing by not brushing your teeth by you know basically no. disregarding your your overall oral health you know mm-hmm. and no. then you come in like you said and there's this blatant disrespect for people in the front I mean like how how do you think that's going to go over when you disrespected somebody in the front, do you think that the dentist is going to be happy about that? And most dentists should not be happy about that or should actually be like, you can leave, you know? And I feel like we don't do that enough. I really don't. I feel like we people, we don't do that enough because we're sitting there going, oh, well, we still want their money. I don't think it's worth it because in the long run, those are the patients that end up causing you more headaches than anything else. Mm -hmm. I've heard of offices at the end of the year that uh, as a benefit to the staff, the, the dentist will say, pick 10 or 15 or 20 patients who are just absolute nightmares. You guys pick them and we'll send out the letters that say, you're no longer a patient of this practice and we'll oh be rid of them my forever. Gosh. <laughs> I am totally going to introduce that at the office because I can think of at least 10 off the top of my head right now. That is awesome. That's like the best Christmas present for them. Right? Like, I don't even need a Christmas party. I don't right. need a bonus. Just let me dismiss these people. Why do I feel like Chelsea would like personally want to call them? No, 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 please. Let me I, call them. Well, please, let, let me do this. I will personally hand them the letter. That's awesome. Okay, uh, let's talk about how you think um, dental insurances have changed post-COVID. You know, what are some of the things that you've noticed has changed and have stayed the same or, you know, uh, like, for example, some insurances will even cover um, uh, PPEs, you know, at a very low rate, but they'll cover it now. So how has dentistry and insurances, how has that changed post-COVID? Um, so a lot of just a lot of the main stuff about it has stayed the same. But like you said, like the PPE charge that we can um, offices can now do um, medical insurance cards can now be used for PPE as well um, or paying for exams or um, paying for like teledentistry appointments. I, I think the teledentistry appointment has been the coolest thing that's come out of this because no, obviously they can't say, hey, open your mouth. Let me see inside through the video. But you can talk through your symptoms. And you can really tell, hey, is this something I need to come in for or can I hold off? Um, so that's been one of the coolest things. However, apparently in Texas, the teledentistry is not covered. It has to be an online consult. I don't know. It's something about the verbiage um, well, when you're well, submitting West. it to insurance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely think that's cool. That's come out of it. Um, a negative that I've seen is since so many people have been let go or been furloughed, they've lost their insurance. 
or they're transitioning to a COBRA insurance, but there's that waiting period where you have to like, it takes a month to kick in. So that's been unfortunate to deal with, with a lot of patients who've lost their jobs and ultimately lost their insurance. That, that definitely sucks. Can can we talk about teledentistry? Because I've, I have mixed feelings. Well, I don't have mixed feelings on it. I don't like it to be honest (laughs) with you. Um, The the reason being, that's another thing on the list. Insurance and not teledentistry. Hell, <laughs> is just so, racking them all up. <laughs> with, with teledentistry, I, I get it. It makes sense. And again, if people had that level of respect, but me being in a small town, my cell phone number's on the answering machine at the practice. So if somebody has an emergency, they call me up. I'll talk them through it. When teledentistry came out and the insurance companies are saying, okay, you can charge these tel- teledentistry codes, get some pictures, get some you know, whatever, uh, we'll pay for it. I was like, okay, great. But then you find out it, that teledentistry code counts as one of the, one of their two exams for the year or three exams, whatever they get. So mm-hmm. now the patient's upset because, Hey, you build my insurance. This wasn't an exam. You just talked to me on the phone. And again, it's that whole not understanding what their benefits are and, you know, what they thought was just going to be a, a quick phone call with the patient that maybe in their head, they thought it was free um, out of the kindness of my heart. But then it's, uh, it's that, I don't know if it's a small town mentality. I don't know if you ran into that in, in a big city at all, but uh, my biggest problem was, you know, the insurance companies come out and saying, you know, you can bill for it, but you know, instead of those, you're, they're only going to get, you know, it's going to use up one of their two exams for the year and end up costing them more out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my beef with uh, with teledentistry. I mean, I, I think I think it's great in, in this time of COVID that to, to limit the amount of patients at post ops and other small things like my kid fell and hit his tooth. Uh, take a picture of it, send it to me. Great, you don't need to bring the kid into the office. I just, uh, I, I would like it to, uh, to see it evolve more into something that is more beneficial to the patient. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about, you know, one thing you mentioned was, you know, you said that you have to have a good relationship with the dentist, right? Yes. In order for both of you guys to succeed, you have to do and have a great relationship with the dentist. So what advice would you give to other front office people when it comes to how to handle, uh, and I'm going to call it uh, emotional instability, instability mm-hmm. with dentists. You know, one day we're high, one day we're down. And it's all based on, you know, how our day is going, right? How do you like cope with that? How do you deal with like, hey, you know what? Yeah, they're just not feeling it today. They're not feeling it. And so I have to do more or less with the, with the patient. Um. I think it all just personally for me, it just goes back to being okay with losing a sense of your control in your business. Um, these are just times where things are happening that we can't control. And I think as long as everybody is just honest about what they're feeling, but then being emotionally mature enough to say, okay, I'm feeling this, but I still have to get my job done. So what do we need to do to work through it? Um, that's the biggest thing. You just need to know when you need to kind of take a step back, regroup, get back to it, but you have to get back to it. You can't just be down, 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 hard on yourself. Okay, nothing's going the way I planned and then not be able to recover from it. 
Um, so I think just as long as you're really in tune with how you're feeling emotionally and then being able to convey that to other people, but also being able to bounce back, that's the biggest thing, at least for me. And I guess a follow-up would be, so the biggest issues, and Kyle, tell me if I'm wrong by this, but the biggest issue I find in dental offices are the the dislike or argument between the back, the assistants, and the front when it comes mm-hmm. to patients, when it comes to scheduling and so forth, right? Uh, the, the back feels like they never have enough time, and the front feels like you have too much time, right? Because mm-hmm. the front is saying, hey, how can we be productive? And the back is saying, well, how how can we see 50 patients at once, da, 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 you know, being dr- dramatic here. Right. <laughs> how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, and like, what are some of the issues that you've noticed in dentistry in general when it comes to the back and the front and you basically saying, Hey, I, I just put a new patient in here and the back is like, Oh, why would you do that? We don't have time. Da, da, da. Like, what have you noticed about that? Um, I think, um, it's, it really just goes back to knowing your people. So I know, humans can get lazy in their jobs, but I also know how hard they can work. Obviously, I don't want to like run my doctors and my assistants to the ground every single day just to make a productive schedule. So um, a lot of what I've been taught is um, not necessarily packing your schedule full of patients, but creating a smarter, more productive schedule with less people. Um, so just knowing that up front, but obviously we're having to, you know, see a lot more people right now because we've had to cancel a lot of appointments. So I think <laughs> just being able to kind of tell your back, sometimes you just need to suck it up and do it is okay. <laughs> Cause they tell me I have to suck it up and do it. Or they tell me I have to go tell this patient that they need a $10,000 treatment plan. That's hard. So it all just goes back to, I think, having a good relationship with your people and just knowing what they're capable of, but not taking advantage of that. Um, cause if my people in the back are not happy, my patients aren't going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy. It's just going to be a bad situation. Honestly, you guys have a tough job. Like I said, I, I answered my own call, emergency calls through the whole COVID shutdown, and I was the one putting them in, scheduling them for emergencies. And when somebody's calling saying, I'm in pain, I need to get in to see you, and you're trying to find a spot either that day, the next day, uh, that, that really can pull on you if, you if you're not able to help them out as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you get the patients that you know, need to come in and then don't show up on you and you bend over backwards to, to get them in and they no show. And even though they confirm and so that's another, oh, those are my, know, but those no. are my favorite. <laughs> but those no, I, I like I said, you, you have a, uh, it's a tough job dealing with the general public um, whenever they have those kind of needs. So uh, mm-hmm. I give you props for, for what you do. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you one the last question. What is one thing that you wish you would have known before accepting the job that would have probably made you say, nope, I'm not doing this one, you know? Let <laughs> <laughs> me think about that. You know, I, I've worked in healthcare, so that I, know, I know there are crazy people, but um, it's not even really the interest. Honestly, just dealing with the people like I had, this is like a different breed of people to me. I don't know if it's the area. <laughs> that I live in or just, I, I truly don't know because I've worked in healthcare. I've worked with crazy people, but these people just, and it goes exactly back to what you were saying. It's, it's a individualistic. My time is more important than your time. I want this right now. 
Um, I wish I would have kind of known that and how to deal with that better because I've had to do a lot of like learning and growing up on how to deal with different people. And I did not expect that at all walking into this job. Um, so I kind of wish I would have been a little bit more emotionally mature. Um, I'm still working on sometimes just sucking up my pride and biting my lip and not saying what I actually want to say to these people. I've been grateful for the opportunity to learn that, but I wish I would have known that before. Um, cause that's been really, really interesting to learn. That's awesome. Do, do you have anything to say to, um, there was a lot of pushback from what I've seen online over the past couple of months of some dental team members not wanting to return to their jobs. Uh, do you have, since you worked through the whole thing, uh, do you have anything in particular that comes to mind that, uh, you'd like to share about, uh, you know, what it's, how safe you feel being at a dental office throughout this whole thing? Yeah, and if it was scary for you, I mean, because you were working while some people were at home. Yes. Um, I never, and this, this is a big part to my, my doctor because she was amazing and bent over backwards to make sure that all of us that were at the office, which at one point was only me, her, and another doctor. So literally three people. Um, I never once felt like my health was being jeopardized working because she was, going out and getting PPE, making sure we had things to wipe everything down, making sure we had masks. Um, she went out and like literally found um, like butcher coats for them to wear because all of the like medical coats were on back order. Um, mm-hmm. So she was amazing. So I'm, I'm really blessed that I worked with her throughout that. Um, it was a little difficult when we started bringing people back and then some of them like immediately started complaining because I'm like, why did you come back <laughs> if you were just going to complain the whole time? Like I've been here working my ass off trying to make sure we could bring you back. So that was, um, that, that kind of sucked. I'm honestly still dealing with that, but it is what it is. Um, but I never did not ever feel unsafe. So I'm really grateful to my doctor for that. Um, and we continue, you know, she's always on us to make sure that we're following the proper protocol. She is not wavering in that at all. So I'm really grateful to, for her to that. Well, I think we should end it here. You know, this was awesome. I definitely yeah. appreciate you. You know, Kyle and I were basically saying how like very, uh, professional she looks and you can't see it on the podcast but she's very well you know well put together and kyle and i we just we looked a mess kyle we look a mess <laughs> <laughs> we look a mess like we look like we both came from the gym you know what i mean so so chelsea definitely have uh respect from us and uh thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate yeah, you thank you guys for having me this is so much thank fun thank you thank you thank you for listening to tooth be told if you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.